Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Being a Fan of Disney podcast. I'm your host, Cody Habert. This episode features a virtual visit our class did with Kimberly Bouchard, the author of the Positively Disney book series. And she shared with the class her process, um, including how she um, conducts interviews, her writing process, and her life as an author and also as a Disney fan. So please enjoy and come along with us on our adventure. So, as by way of a brief introduction, I'll let Kimberly do the rest. Um, this is Kimberly Bouchard. She has written the series Positively Disney, um, and she has a series of books that she'll talk about. Um, she also has um, a podcast by the same name. So, Kimberly, I'll let you take it away. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much, Cody. So, yeah, so I'm Kimberly Bouchard. I'm the author of the Positively Disney book series. These are actually heartwarming stories from Disney guests, cast members, Disney artists and Imagineers all over the world. And they have, this has really taken me on a journey that I had no idea I was ever going to be on. I'm also the host of the Positively Disney phone-in show. And tonight, I live stream actually on Facebook and Twitch TV. It's my 50th podcast. And I'm actually having my very good friend and two-time shuttle astronaut, Winston Scott. We spent a day in Walt Disney World together a long time ago, but he's going to give his take on some of those wild attractions. Are there any similarities to a shuttle launch experience or whatever? And uh, one thing I thought I'd tell you, since it's my 50th podcast, I'm kind of excited because I didn't quite know how many I would get done. But I'm going to do a giveaway at the end of this session. And I'm going to give away my one of my books, the fourth copy, the latest edition of the Positively Disney book series. And I'll let you know how we're going to do that at the end of class. Something that I'm really excited about also, so I've got a series out. I'm actually collecting stories for book five and book six because there's so many stories out there. I just can't turn them away. And the fifth book, any Star Wars fans out there? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> it's a few of them. Well, the fifth book is actually the Star Wars edition. And I'm collecting and writing those stories, which is really, really a cool um, experience, I'll tell you. I've got a few of the original Star Wars characters from the movies in the book, and I'm not going to spill the beans. That's going to be a surprise when the book is released in the summertime. Uh, I'm Kimberly, also a former I... educator. I've ended up teaching every grade. I don't know how that happened, but I did. I have three kids. They're university age. They're about your ages. My youngest is 19 next week. You guys grow up way too fast. So make sure you hug your parents because, you know, it's a little hard to take on our hearts when you guys get all growing up like that. Anyways, the magic actually started for me when I was a little girl in my living room Sunday nights. And not only was it a chance to run to the living room to watch the wonderful world of Disney, but we didn't have to do the dishes right away. And uh, the wonderful world of Disney always started out with a castle and Tinkerbell would wave her wand and start the show. And Walt, more often than not, would do a little narration at the beginning. And that was our magical study. I grew up in Canada, in Alberta, Canada. It was 2,000 miles to Disneyland. And that was something that was not um, 
in my realm. I didn't even know that there was actually a Disneyland that had exi that existed at that time. So you probably know now. I love the parks. I love the cruise ships. I love the movies. I love the characters. Mickey has my heart, but Donald Duck's my guy. But I'm most passionate about something that I'm going to let you guys figure out by the end of the program. I have to ask by a show of hands, have any of you been to the parks before? I'm just curious to know. Yeah? Okay. Walt Disney World, keep your hands up. Okay. Wow. Okay. Disneyland? Cool. Okay. I have been very blessed to, uh, I've gone to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disneyland Paris, and I've cruised on all four ships. And these books, actually, the, the, the idea for them started one day on a trip to Walt Disney World. And there's things that happen that actually change our lives. I had no idea, no idea where writing these, the people I would meet, the, the experiences I've had in the place I've gone because of these books. And the first, the first experience that we had that changed our lives was at the American's Garden Theater in Walt Disney World in, in Epcot there. And we saw a Riverdance troupe. And a year later, our kids started signing up for Irish dancing. I had no idea what we were signing up for, but what happened is they ended up being good at it. Our whole life changed because we ended up traveling the world for them to compete and perform. They actually competed at Walt Disney World. They performed, and then they were actually at the Gaiety Theater in Dublin, Ireland this past summer with the Riverdance troupe performing. So it was it's just been wild. Another uh, story that um, really affected our lives and changed our life was meeting an astronaut in front of Mission Space, and that's how I'm uh, who I'm interviewing tonight. But there's there's even a, a, a sad story in a sense, but but a profound. Um, you could say it really cemented my love for Disney when we were on our very first cruise um, with Disney back in 2009, and my dad passed away at home. It was horrific. It was the night before we disembarked. I mean, it was just unbelievable. But what those cast members did for us during that really, really difficult time just had my heart forever. Disney has my heart forever. Um, it was just incredible. So because those things are happening to us, I, I thought they're happening to other people. And I really, really wanted to share these stories of, there was there's stories of hope and healing and inspiration and celebration and even love. And it's just been an amazing journey. When I write, I actually take the same journey as the person I'm writing about. I interview people and I create a story based on what they've shared with me. I want to get on to a few of the stories, but I got to ask you guys again, how many of you have seen uh, three Disney movies more than once, raise your hand, including High School Musical. All right, okay, yay. So does anybody remember, uh, because I'm, I'm gonna be uh, talking about some of, some of the movies are a little bit older, but you probably have seen it. Um, the Princess and the Frog. Has anybody seen The Princess and the Frog with Princess Tiana? Okay, some of you have, some of you haven't. So I found myself in New Orleans a few years ago, and I was visiting, it's called the Dookie Chase Restaurant. Well, Leah Chase, who runs the restaurant, is a 90, now 96, she was 94 then. She is the queen of Creole. She 
owns the restaurant, cooks in the kitchen every morning at seven in the morning, 94 years old. Can you believe it? She was the one that inspired Princess Tiana. And it's just a wonderful restaurant, best fried chicken in the world, I'll tell you. And, and Leah Chase had my sons and I in her kitchen, and they were dancing for her, doing a little few things. But she's just a lovely human being. And Disney came to her and interviewed her and got a lot of her backstory and created that into the movie. When I went on the, uh, on the boat into the bayou, they actually stop at the one of the opening scenes of the Bayou, and I'll tell you, it is identical to the movie. So it was really, really a very cool experience to to meet this this lovely person who Disney was inspired to write about, you know. And another uh, thing I get to do, I get to meet a lot of animators and Imagineers during this, and animators Mike and Patty Preza. Now. I don't know if you guys know Goof Troop or DuckTales, Darkwing Duck, any of that, but there's a Little Mermaid that Mike was the, the creator of the Little Mermaid. And something that happened, uh, so Mike and Patty are both Disney animators, and they had a little girl born during production. So, you know, when you see the credits rolling, you see production babies? Well, she was a production baby from Little Mermaid, and her name was Kimberly, the same as mine. And, but she was born with flaming red hair. And Mike took a look at her red hair and started thinking, gosh, you know what? I think red hair would look much better with a teal green tail under the water than a blonde. They were, the powers that be were kind of, they liked Christy Brinkley, you know who Christy Brinkley is? She's a knockout at 65. And she um, has blonde hair, but blonde hair doesn't look good on the water. So Mike, with a newborn baby girl, liking this wonderful red hair, went into the concept meeting, had done just a little extra nicer mermaid with red hair, put it on the table, even get a load of this. I see a pencil there, it reminded me. He pointed the pencil at the little mermaid with red hair. Well, guess who we have? We have Ariel with red hair, all because of this little baby that was born. And just a side note, she actually lives not too far from me. She moved from California to Kimberly, um, and I would like to meet her someday because I think it's a great story. Something else. Um, how many of you guys like Mickey Mouse out there? <laughs> All right. So as I said, Mickey has my heart. Donald Duck's my guy. But Mickey Mouse, the voice of Mickey Mouse is a fellow named Brett Iwan. And he's kind of a bit of a jokester, but he's got a cool story of when he was a little boy and he would watch Fantasmic. He would listen to the music and he would mimic Mickey Mouse. And there's a really strange way how he became the voice of Mickey Mouse. He wasn't even supposed to know about this because there was an internal memo that went out. I had Brett on my show on the 17th of December. And when I say he's a jokester, I just about died because my show is live stream and it's it's a phone-in show so I'm getting him on the line and I said you know hi Brett no so I'm like oh my god I've got the wrong number I hung up on the guy and just as I hung up he's like wait up you know how you're hanging up and somebody's not quite finished talking so he pretended that it wasn't him embarrassed the heck out of me on my show sort of and so we called him back so he's a little bit of a prankster that guy I've met the voice of Goofy, an older gentleman named Bill Farmer. Really, really nice guy. 
Tinkerbell, we all know who Tinkerbell is. Well, Tinkerbell, back many years ago when Mark Davis, the animator, was creating her, he created this 2D animation of Tinkerbell. And they wanted to make a little movie called Peter Pan. So they found a model named Margaret Carey, and she posed for them. And it was nine months that they would have her do these different scenes for the movie itself. And she thought about being a 13-year-old kind of very innocent child, more probably like a nine-year-old or an eight-year-old in our day today. But she was the original Tinkerbell. And she's actually become a friend of mine, Margaret Carey. Her story is one is actually in the fourth book. And she's a lovely lady, spry lady, still signing books, still doing um, appearances and, and all that. Um, and another person I, I got to meet, which is really funny, and I've got to tell you this story because I, I'm not even sure if I put it in the book. So I don't know if you guys had ever remembered um, the show The Mouseketeers. Now, that would, the original Mouseketeers, I mean, obviously it was in the 50s, but the, the newest ones had Justin Timberlake. That's how he made his um, de kind of debut, I guess, Britney Spears, all that. They were Mouseketeers for Disney. But I'm going way back. So the second year, the Mouseketeers um, were in, um, in on the station with Walt, had these kids dancing and, and singing and, and all kinds of things. Sherry was invited to come in to audition. Um, Sherry was just like the rest of us at four or five years old. And she had her little Mickey ears on watching the, 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 Mouse, the Mickey Mouse Club. And she ended up became, becoming a Mouseketeer. Sherry and I are actually friends now, but what is really funny about her, she's just a hoot. And I find that most of these Disney folks are really down to earth and really have a, an amazing sense of humor, you know? So you have to be careful. You never know what's gonna happen around you. But she um, was a Girl Scout back in her day. Anybody been a Girl Scout here? No, yes, no? I was a girl guide, that's what they call them in Canada. But anyway, she was a Girl Scout, and they had a contest that if you sold these thin mint chocolates, the person in California who sold the most would get to go to meet Walt Disney, make a Sunday for him on the opening day of Disneyland. Are you kidding me? Every kid would, was selling uh, thin mints. Well, Sherry ended up selling thousands and thousands of boxes. I didn't find out how she managed to do that, but anyway, she won. And uh, she uh, was really excited, of course, to meet Walt himself. They had an ice cream parlor in the corner uh, on Main Street in Disneyland. And it was very, very hot that day. A lot of photographers, a lot of paparazzi in there. And she made Walt this huge Sunday, piled on everything, the chocolate ice cream, the, even with the cherry on top. So she and Walt are holding this Sunday between the two of them. And it's hot, and she's smiling. She's got. She's smiling so much that her mouth is even hurting. And so she, she's smiling. Walt's smiling, and it was just one more, just one more photo, one more photo. And out of the corner of her eye, she saw the Sunday melting all over Walt Disney's dinner jacket. Very nice, great dinner jacket. She starts freaking out. But she can't not smile because all these photographers are around her. So she keeps smiling away. And by the time they finished, there was a good amount on his jacket. And she was really worried. How, how would you feel if you were doing something for Walt Disney and your stuff 
went all over his suit. You know what Walt did? He looked at her and he laughed it off. He just changed suit jackets. Walt was a very, very, um, very loving kind of grandfatherly type of fellow. I have friends that actually not only were friends with his wife and daughters, but um, had, had met him several times and relay the same message. He was a taskmaster because he wanted his work done. He, he had to be if he wanted to get done everything he, he wanted to do in, in his life with the, the movies and the, and the theme park and that. But I, I've just been having really a lot of fun with that. I want to share with you something that just warms my heart at this Disney community. I don't know if any of you guys belong to any Disney Facebook pages, but this woman and her husband, Joe and Cheryl Biazzo, I've got their story. I think it's in book two. And um, Joe was a chef. They had a great life. When they got married, they both had, funnily enough, um, Disney ornament collection for their trees. She collected the figurines. He collected the, the Christmas balls. And when they pooled their, their ornaments together, they didn't have one that was the same. So it was kind of like this match made in heaven, they said. Anyways, Joe got cancer. And he was going through very, very uh, brutal treatment, actually. And he was starting to lose the will to fight. And they even had a Disney vacation for him planned for the end of the uh, his treatment, but even that wasn't bringing his spirits up. She turned to three Disney pages and she said, listen, if there's anybody out there that can send us a postcard or a note or whatever, um, his favorite character's figment, this is our address, please help me, I wanna save my husband. You guys, you're not gonna believe this, but 200 things came for Joe from all over the world, as far as Africa. And you know what? Joe said, if they're fighting for me, people I don't even know, he goes, I'm gonna fight for me too. And he's been four years in remission. And I actually got to meet Joe a year ago at Christmas. Um, under not the best circumstances, unfortunately, um, as one of the things I like to do is the contributors that contribute stories wherever I am in the world, I um, try to get together with them and say hi, because I really like to um, say hello to people and put a put a face and give them a hug, you know, because all I do is talk to them on the phone. And uh, anyways, I was supposed to meet their family in Epcot, and Joe ended up getting pneumonia, and he was in the hospital in Celebration, which is the little city beside um, Disney that Disney kind of created. It was It's a really, really nice community. And I said to my husband, I said, well, I said, if we can't meet him in Epcot, Let's just go. I'll meet him up in the hospital. And I don't know, but if, if there's somebody in the hospital and, and you're meeting another person for the first time, you know, it's a little rough. You're, you're, you're those hospital gowns. You got things happening going on around you. So I try to lighten it up. And I said, gosh, you did a lot to get a one-on-one -on, -one on me, didn't you? And he kind of laughed. We spent an hour chatting. And I'll tell you, um, you know, I get a lot of people. <sighs> this, is <laughs> this is where I get choked up. A lot of people tell me what their stories mean to them, but the people mean a lot to me too. Um, when Joe had finished his cancer treatments, they had a, a jean jacket for him, and he had all these characters sign his jacket, even characters that you can't even get signing, signed his jacket. And before I left, he asked me, me, just a little me, to sign his jacket. 
and it took everything in me not to cry because I still get choked up telling the story because I, I'm so grateful, I'm so blessed, and I'm so glad that he's okay because he has four beautiful children, and um, I look forward to seeing them again. They go to Disney regularly. Um, that's why I love this Disney community, these 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 people that um, pull together that they, they don't even know each other but hey if you're a Disney fan you're a friend um, I want to tell you about a, a, a girl that um, a young woman that I interviewed she was in her I think it was her third year of university right now she's probably I think she Kylie's about 25 and it's very powerful because she's you know she's your age she was your age and uh, her parents, when she went home for Christmas vacation, uh, winter vacation, uh, they said, you've got to see this movie. You look just like one of the princesses. And the movie was Frozen. And she was watching this movie, and she, she started thinking. She said, gosh, you know, uh, she looked a little bit like Elsa, and her roommate looked a little bit like Anna. And as she started thinking about how, uh, just about the movie, an idea struck her. Um, I'll back up to one of her favorite artists is Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is very involved, and I didn't know this until I interviewed her, but with the pediatric um, cancer, um, with the children, young children with, with cancer, and does a lot for that um, charity and organization. Anyways, Kylie McCrae is the young woman's name, asked her roommate if she would like to dress up as Anna and they could go visit some sick children in the hospitals. And her friend said, yeah, let's do it. So they were very careful. They got uh, each got a costume very, very um, close to um, the movie itself. And they wanted to go visit children in hospitals. But you can't just go in and visit children in hospitals. You need to um, have some experience dealing with children because some of these children are very very, very sick, and there's certain protocol you need to adhere to, and if there's emergency, you need to know to, like, get out of there. Also, you don't ask the questions, how are you doing today, because it will bring back kind of their um, their hard journey of being ill. Um, anyways, what happened is they gained some experience, they learned some, uh, you know, just, just how to deal with these children. And they started visiting these children in even their residences, sometimes giving these children their last wishes of a tea party with a princess. Now, not everybody can do this. It takes certain people that can do this. Other people can be behind the scenes setting things up. And what happened is she set up an organization, a foundation called A Moment of Magic that first year. And what happened is it just snowballed from there. They got more college kids involved. And the whole idea, which is so wonderful, it's the opportunity for college kids to dress as princesses, princes, and superheroes to go visit these medically vulnerable children in hospitals and residences. And you know what? Last year alone, they met 30 thousand children can you believe it 30,000 children that one idea from that one young woman watching a movie and it just goes to show you 
the power of one person and their idea, how it can affect the world. You guys are our, you've heard it before, but you really are our future. Your decisions that you are making now will affect you for the rest of your life. You guys have so many opportunities, so many more than when I went to university even. And I'm so grateful to, to be here chatting with you because you know, Kylie chased that dream. She met with a lot of, you know, adversities, the red tape about going into these institutions and stuff. She created 13 chapters all over the world and these now they they train the princesses the princes and the superheroes and they they go out and 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 they've been dealing with three different countries and this year they're going to even meet more children you know i say ch chase your dreams you guys all have a dream i know you do sometimes you get a little muddled you know you're in in the throes of university i get it i have three kids that are in that same mode but I know you have a dream and I, I really suggest chasing it, not following it, but chasing it, working hard because you have the capacity to do great things. And I don't mean you have to meet, you know, start a foundation, but I'm just saying you have the capacity to do some amazing changes and, you know, just move, keep moving forward no matter what, because you are going to meet stubbly blocks. It is not for me even and it's not been all rainbows and unicorns i will tell you i write positive stories and, and things but i'll tell you i'll share this with you um during the writing of my books on two separate occasions two of my dogs got sick one with diabetes and passed away another with cancer and passed away how the heck are you supposed to write positive things and you've got a deadline when your heart is breaking over the loss of your of your dog um, but for some reason you know I I just you know I'd have to take a few moments it was hard it was hard to write but I kept going because I knew that there was a reason for me to continue writing you know um, believe it or not on another book I actually had it half half finished and I ended up with a concussion a really really bad concussion I was hit on the back of the head it was a dumb accident had five staples in my head I was stumbling around I couldn't even look at a computer screen for more than 20 minutes before my head was going to implode but you know what I just pushed through it I kept pushing through it I believed in what I was doing that's something you know you have a dream but you have to believe in it with your whole heart and when I say believe sometimes you might think oh you know that's for somebody else or someday no today today start it today I know of people that uh, they want to write a book and they've written all kinds of things uh, a whole series of stories and left them in their notebooks on a shelf like when are you gonna write this Oh, when I finish school. Well, now they're finished school. So when are they going to write? So I say, start it today. Just a little bit. People ask me, how much time do I spend on my books a day? You know what? I do something every single day. Whether it's 
um, listening to an interview, whether it's jotting down ideas, because guys, I get ideas in all weird times of day. I'm the one that jumps up out of bed, scaring the bejeebers out of my husband, running to grab a notebook if I don't have one by my bed, writing down something that's come to me. Um, so keep a notebook by your bed because that's when some really cool things kind of come your way as well. Don't do like me and scare everybody in the house running like a mad woman trying to, or madman trying to get stuff written down. Um, and, and funnily enough, I don't know if this happens to you, but I don't sing in the shower, but I think in the shower. And um, sometimes my forwards for my books come to me in my shower. And I'll never forget, it was for book three. All of us, I was having troubles with figuring out an introduction. And all of a sudden in the shower, he hit me. Well, I don't keep paper and pen in my bathroom nearby. So I'm screaming at my husband to grab my phone, start recording me. Poor guy. He couldn't get it on quite quick enough. Because when these ideas come to you guys, you got to get them down. Because they will go just as fast. And unfortunately, I have been, um, I have lost some ideas. But we all have our phones now. We can all just like babble away a few, you know, if you don't have a pen and paper handy, if you can actually find your phone. Um, if it's not by your bed, it's not supposed to be, but you know, I won't go into that. Anyways, I really encourage you guys to, to find something that you are, um, that you like, and then do a little bit each day. And if you can't do it each day, do it every second day or a few times a week, and it'll soon turn into a passion. You know, when I was younger, um, I my favorite class was creative writing. That's what they called it in elementary school back in Canada. And my very first story, um, and I've actually never told anybody this, but the very first story that I ever wrote was I was six years old, and it was called Memories of My Dog, Maxie. And I will tell you this real quick story because... I had no idea I was going to be an author um, when I was six years old. And my little wiener dog caught sight. He was, he was tethered to a little post at the beach. Um, we were on the beach, and, and, um, and uh, there was a grass area, and we were near, nearby that. He caught sight of a poodle, and he broke his leash. Oh, my gosh. My dad, I, uh, I love him to bits, and he was actually quite um, athletic. He was a hockey player and all that. He went flying down the beach after our wiener dog, after the um, little poodle, and I'll tell you, everybody on the beach turned around and looked at him, and what happened is he hit a sprinkler and went and did a terrible nosedive that had us bandaging him up at the campground for several hours later, but the bottom line is, I wrote that story. I still have that story when I was six years old, and it's amazing. Those things that you like to do when you were a child, when you're a young adult, you'd be surprised how that can actually turn into um, a, a love and a passion. Now, my question, I'm going to back up here. Does anybody know what my passion is for? It's okay to be right or wrong. Okay, I see a gray sleeve and a hand. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> uh, I would I would say you're like a storyteller. It seems like um, Disney was just like the, the platform that inspired you to, to like you focus on. Yeah, like it's, it's got to do with storytelling. But who's who's sharing the story? Who who's who's sharing stories with me? Wait, uh, people that you like. Correct. You've met, yeah, you said it. That's the magic word. Yeah. 
I'm passionate about people. People are my passion. Because you know what? Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got tragedy, drama, comedy, thrilling stories. Everybody's got a story. And you know what? It's the stories that connect us, truly. You know, when you meet a friend, which you don't know they're going to be a friend, you connect somehow. You connect with a story, something that's happened, an experience that's happened to you. You connect. That's how we connect. And that's what I'm most passionate about. It's the people. It's the people of Disney. And they're the, the cast members in the forefront, the background that create the magic for us, even the guests that create the magic for us. I'm passionate about people. And that that's right. I'm passionate about people. I want to leave a little bit of time for some questions. Thank you for answering that, and, and it's nice to see you. I never saw you uh, earlier today. Does any of you guys have any questions for me? And and, and it could be anything about um, any anything that I've done with my books or any movies or my favorite this or that or or whatever you would like. Just... Knock it out of the park. Questions? Go ahead. And, and speak loud if you can, because I can't hear as well for some reason. It's very uh, quiet. What's your favorite movie? What's my favorite? Movie. Movie? Oh, that's a hard one, you know. I have a lot of favorite movies, but I will have to tell you... Okay, I'm going to give you an old school one, and I'm going to give you a newer one, okay? So my old school favorite movie is Mary Poppins, the original. That's my all-time favorite. That was so magical to see that. From the newest ones, oh, it's a hard one. Oh, I'm going to tell you two. And it won't be the suit. I love Spider Into the Spider-Verse, by the way. I love that. Um, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. Um, but we'll talk kind of tr more traditional stuff. So um, I, I really loved Coco. Um, I was really surprised by Coco, to be honest with you. I, I really loved Coco. Um, and believe it or not, I love Frozen, and I know everybody is probably sick of that movie, but I love Frozen. And my one of my sons is Kristoff, and my kids, uh, we still go to the parks together. Um, you know, they're going to be 19, 21, and 23, but we kind of like to hang out together, and they still go to the movies. So uh, it was really fun to sit in Frozen and have Kristoff's name. And then the poor guy, when we were in Walt Disney World a couple years ago, I made him tell Anna and Elsa when we met them at the park his name so they all got crazy over him poor guy uh, but yeah I love those and you know um, I want to tell you a little something so I was on a, 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 an Alaska cruise it was my last ship to sail last May and you know what the the songwriters uh, Robert uh, Lopez and Kirsten Anderson Lopez were on that cruise they just happened to be on that cruise as a family and they wrote the song for Coco and for Frozen and you know what was so cool is that song, you know, Remember Me, that was actually written for their children as a lullaby. They live in New York and they have to fly back and forth to L.A. And that was the song that they actually had written for their children when they would miss their mom and dad when they were back in, in uh, Los Angeles. 
And it was really, they're really nice people too. And, and I found out also that their two daughters, um, their youngest voiced uh, the troll on, uh, on in Frozen and their older daughter voiced a young Anna in the movie as well. So it's kind of cool how the family was all involved there. Thanks for that. Any other questions, you guys? You're not going to ask why Donald Duck's my guy? <laughs> what are some of your favorite characters, you guys? Tell me. You can just shout it out. It's fine. Tarzan. Which one? Tarzan. Okay. Anybody else? It's okay to tell me. <laughs> you don't, you don't have a favorite character? No? Uh, Doc from Cars. Cody, I can't hear. Sorry. He said Doc from Cars. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> By the way, I have a story about Cars. I know we're... Okay, we still got time. So... I, this is another cool thing that happened. Um, there's a family that took Route 66, and on Route 66, um, one summer on their holiday, they stopped at, it was called the Midpoint Cafe, and they met this woman who I actually ended up speaking with as well, and her name is Fran Hauser. She is the person behind Flow in Cars, and she owned the Midpoint Cafe at that time. The, the Flo's Diner, V8 Diner in, um, or Cafe, in Cars, is actually uh, a compilation of several diners along Route 66, and they created that. And her waitresses, you remember Mia and Tia, the, the, little, the, little, the, twin, the twins that were waitresses at the um, Flo's Diner? Well, they are actually Christina and um, Mar Mary Lou, and they're actually sisters. And they had great fun uh, when Disney came around to find out about their story. And those two, <coughs> excuse me, are teachers now in the area. And I got to take a drink here. You notice my mug? <laughs> I've been fighting a cold for a while, so it's been a lot of talking for me at one time here. Okay. Does anybody want to be brave enough to tell me their? Uh, Favorite character? Pocahontas. I can't hear that. She said Pocahontas. Oh, Pocahontas. Pocahontas. Well, tell me why. That's a beautiful character. That's true. You know, um, when where I lived in Alberta, Canada, there was actually um, a mountain called Pocahontas. And it's really cool because it looked like her lying on her back and her hair out behind her. And we'd also, we kind of have it um, as a gauge when we would hit Jasper National Park. But Pocahontas, we'd always watch for her. And it was really odd um, to see this huge rock formation. And it did look like her. And then when you passed it, you look back and, you know, of course, it was the rock formation. It wasn't her anymore. But that's a really lovely character. Anybody else? Who are the Goofy fans out there? Anybody? Someone, Kimberly, someone uh, said Mulan. Oh, Mulan. Oh, my gosh. When I met Mulan, she is one feisty princess. <laughs> I did not expect that. Because uh, you expect the princesses all to be very nice and 
talk in your high little voice. And uh, boy, she was a warrior. Well, she's a warrior princess, but that's a good one. And I was just gonna say, does anybody like like Goofy out there? Anybody a Goofy fan? No. Um, let's see, Minnie Mouse. No. Any other Donald Duck fans out there? No. <laughs> Well, oh, there's a, somebody's putting their hand up again, are they? My grandfather, when I was younger, he still does it to this day, but, like, he used to do, like, the Donald Duck sound. Like, he'll come to school and talk like Donald Duck to my friends and make them laugh. Oh, that's so great. That is a really difficult sound to make. I, I my older sister could always do it. I, I, I couldn't do that. Um, but, yeah, I love Donald Duck. Poor guy. He is the one that... Um, Everybody kind of picks on him, and he gets himself in all this trouble. He doesn't mean to, but he just seems to get picked on and um, and, and made fun of and, and little jokes played on him. And so I kind of, my heart goes out to the poor guy because he's lovable at heart. He gets angry, but he's lovable at heart. And so that's kind of the reason why why I like Donald Duck. You know, um, I don't know if you know this guy. He's a, he's a big YouTuber. His name is Brian Hall. And he, he knows over 250 voices. You might have seen a viral um, video. He was singing um, the song from Frozen, Let It Go, in all these different character voices. And, and that was a few years ago. Um, he's actually in, uh, actually, I think he's in book four. And, you know, his story is really interesting because he actually, um, he, he grew up in Texas, and he was a bit of a daydreamer. And, and when you're in Texas, you have to pick up a sport, you see. And he, he found baseball to be brilliant for him because he could stay out in the, uh, in the outfield and nobody would bother him. And he practiced these voices in his head. And lo and behold, he thought he'd just give Scooby-Doo a try for the heck of it. And it was perfect. And as he went through grade school, elementary, middle school, high school, that people would call him in the middle of the night to have him do voices. Now, he's a really, really neat guy because... He can not only do these voices, but he can sing in these voices. And as I said, he's lost count at 250. And um, one thing, why he did that, it, check it out after you guys, because it's really cool. Um, if, if, when he was doing that song, Let It Go, he was actually entering um, a competition to win a $100 Disney gift card because he wanted to buy two movies. He was in university. He didn't have any money, but he wanted two of these Blu-ray DVDs. And um, what happened is he ended up getting a guy to, to record him and all that. And he went to submit, and he missed the deadline. Can you believe it? He missed the deadline for the, for, for the contest. But he had had to post it on YouTube, on a, on a private YouTube channel. What happened is the public got a hold uh, um, and his friends started sharing it because they were so impressed. And Disney found him. And he's done some tours with Disney. And his parents, who didn't realize that their child knew all these voices or could sing like that. He was um, actually uh, educated in opera singing. He took some of that. But what was really cool is his parents <laughs> went and bought him the two DVDs that they were so impressed and, and they felt bad that he had missed the contest. But you know, he's, he's a really fun guy. He's, um, he's a little bit older than you guys, but a really, really neat guy. And it's funny how he ended up becoming who he is all because of a, of a flopped, um, contest that he didn't, um, didn't get a chance to enter, but he's really, really neat. 
Voices in My Head is the title of the story. So he's another really neat guy that I got to meet. Um, and as I said, I got to chat with. I will beat them eventually, the folks on Route 66. Uh, I'm hoping next summer I can meet Fran. And there, there's just all kinds of folks out there that uh, I'm very, very grateful to to actually hear from. Um, I want you guys to see you think of any more questions for me. And I think, Cody, while they are thinking about a question or two for me, I would like to do the giveaway. Is that all right? Yeah, that, that's perfect. That works. Okay. So I don't know who, I can't see everybody in the class, but anybody here with a February birthday? Is there anybody February. with a February birthday? No? Okay. So now we've got to figure out whose birthday is maybe in a March, at the beginning of March or the end of January. Anybody with birthdays? Okay, there's two of you. Three of, three of you. Okay. So we've got to figure out out of the three of you, what birthday is closest to February 11th today? So you in the red hat. <laughs> March 14th. March 14th? And it was the blue jacket? Uh, March 1st. March what? March 1st. March 1st and? January 31st. Okay, you guys do the math real quick here. Is it January 31st or March 1st? January 31st. Okay. Uh, I will send this off to Cody and I will sign it and uh, I'll personalize it for you. And you have won a book four. <laughs> <laughs> any, there you go. Any more questions? Kimberly, we, we have probably five minutes. Um, All right. And what, one thing that they're doing, um, one of their assignments is to talk about what Disney means to them. Um, and you, you touched on it um, and then touched on, touched on what it means to you and what it mean, means to everyone else. Mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to I wanted to kind of wrap up and see if if you could tell everybody um, not only how you kind of got into this, but from when you started to now, what do you think it means to you as a person and kind of generalizing like this? What does it mean to be a Disney fan? Yeah, you know what I'm going to tell you. Um, why I love Disney, you already know that I'm passionate about people, but there's something about Disney. You know, people talk about the magic of Disney. I talk about that the experiences from a movie, from a, a, a park experience or with each other that create that magic, which is an all-encompassing um, acceptance of each other, um, it is, you know, everybody has this love for something. We have a common thread when we are Disney fans, okay? We can be, you know, diverse in everything else, but we have this common thread, and it really, really connects us. And it's the effect of our personal loves for Disney, be it a, the movies, be it a character, be it the parks that brings us together, connects us, and we are all welcome in that Disney community. It, it's just something that 
it, we are all acknowledged, um, we are all accepted, and there are some amazing feelings and memories and things that we take away from those experiences that will stay with us for the rest of our lives. That's what is the magic of Disney. It really is. To the ability, the capacity to bring us to, together, to connect in such a wonderful and positive way. All right, thank you. Anyone, final questions? All right. Well, Kimberly, thank you very much for talking with us today. Um, it's been very informative and hopefully this helps everyone to prepare for um, not only the assignment that you're going to do in a few weeks or turn it in a few weeks, but also just um, using some of what Kimberly said to kind of look at what you like um, and help turn that into something that you actually could do to, to whether it's a diversion um, or turn it into something that, that you want to do with more of your time. Mm -hmm. so, and you know, I was just going to say that if anybody wants to reach out to me, um, you can email me, Kimberly with an L-E-Y, at PositivelyDisney.com. And you can find me on Facebook if you guys want to tune in tonight to my interview with the astronaut and, and his take on different Disney attractions and stuff like that. Just find me on Facebook, Positively Disney Book. I'm there Monday nights at 7.30, your time. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Kimberly. You're welcome. Have and a great day, you guys. Have a good rest of your week. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of the Being a Fan of Disney podcast. I'm your host, Cody Haver. I want to take this opportunity to thank everyone for joining us and listening and to say that I hope you found the information, whether content covered in class or interviews with guests, fun, informational, entertaining, and even inspiring. If you want to follow along with the class, you can do so by following me on Twitter at chaverphd. That's C-H-A-V. A-R-D, Ph-D, or by joining the public group on Facebook, Being a Fan of Disney. If you want to engage with any of the guests we've had in class, their contact information is included in each of the show notes. So again, thank you for joining us. It was a great time having you. If you like what you hear, please share this out so other people can engage with the information, possibly learn more about their Disney fandom and their love for all things Disney related. With that, Thank you again and have a great day.